What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers. There may even be a yak or two. I mean, you see a guy along the side of the road selling yaks at rock bottom prices, and it's just hard to say no. Am I right? I mean, I've always wanted to own my very own yak. And when the guy told me I could get the second one for half off, well, what can I say? I reached for my wallet. Wouldn't you? Anyway, figured you should know. Proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and I'm going to finish telling you about my favorite Avengers story here in a bit. I'm going to do that here in a bit. But first, I have an announcement to make. The Stephen or Else podcast after episode 41 is going on a hiatus. I'm going to take about a month or so off, and then I'm going to come back with even better content. This has been something I've been struggling with for almost two months now, and it was not It wasn't an easy decision to make. Trust me, you can just ask my patrons because I'm sure they're sick of hearing me talk about it over on my other podcast. So here's the straight dope, just so you can understand why this is happening. As many of you know, I record this show on my phone, usually in my car. I would love to be able to sit down each week at home and record the show, but because I work two jobs, I'm actually away from the house more than I'm there. And besides, now that my kids are teenagers, the house is just crazy all the time. Back in 2006, when I first started Just Another Fanboy, they were just little ones. They'd go to bed at 9, 9.30. I could then stay up for an hour and record a show. Can't do that now. They're up to all hours. They're freaking teenagers. But here's the thing. Recording in my car lately has become a bit uncomfortable. As the weather around me grows warmer because we're into spring, we're moving towards summer. It was 95 degrees yesterday. That makes it rather uncomfortable to record in my car. So I've been making up for that by recording the one time of the week I have the house to myself. And that's Friday mornings, such as today. And the reason I have the house to myself is because I go to work later on Fridays and I can get up a little later and I have a few hours in the house to myself while everybody else is at school. But this is the last Friday I have to myself. After today, school year's over. Fridays are going to be just as crazy as any other day of the week. So what am I going to do? I can't record at home. I can't record in my car. What am I going to do? Well, I have found a solution. And that solution is my local library. See, my library has a full-blown recording studio in it. It was built a few years back by a sound engineer who is like the big recording dude in town. And we're not, you know, we're not LA. We're not New York. But we have produced a couple of signed bands, and this guy worked with them. He knows how to record. He knows what he's doing. And so he built this studio for the library. He ran it for a while. I don't think he does anymore. But as long as you have a library card, you can book time in this studio. And they have a big studio that full-fledged bands can come in and record. And I know bands that do it, and they love it there. 
there's also a small studio for folks like me who just want, need to come in and record their voice for podcasts or for audiobooks or voiceovers or whatever. And I can book it for four hours at a time, but only twice a month. So at this point, I haven't gone in yet. I'm going to do that in the next couple of days and give it a try and see what happens. Um, once I do that, that will help answer a bunch of questions such as, uh, how long are my episodes going to be when I come back? When am I going to come back? That kind of stuff. So I don't have a lot of information for you right now, but I am going to try to use the opportunity to get back to what I wanted to do with the show, which means I'm going to be rebranding just slightly. There'll be some more information on that, like I said, in the future. We still have episodes 40 and 41 before the break begins, and I'll have more updates as far as when I'm coming back uh, and and all that good stuff. I'll, I'll be giving you more of those updates in the next couple of weeks. But I wanted to give you a heads up just so you have plenty of warning. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just taking a little break. And frankly, if you just can't stand the idea of being away from my voice for more than a month and who can blame you, I'm still going to be doing the My Other Podcast podcast over at my Patreon Twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, short little 15, 20-minute episodes. So, you know, you can always come listen to those. It's a dollar a month to be one of my supporters. Or you can just just chill. Just chill. I'll be back. Don't worry. And when I come back, it'll be better than ever. But it's all right. You still got two more episodes before that happens. So let's stop talking about that. Let's get away from the bad stuff. And let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about Under Siege the Avengers story that ran through issues 273 to 277 from January through March. No, that's not right. I said that wrong. Not January through March. It started in 86 and ended in March of 87. We are going to be talking about issues 275 through 277, which ran through January through March of 1987. I've already done issues 273 and 274. That was back on episode 37. If you haven't listened to that yet, maybe pause, go back, listen to that episode and come back. And then you, that way you can get the full poop on what's going on. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. That's kind of a pain in the butt, right? Stop this episode, go find the other episode, download it, listen to it, whatever. Do what you're going to do. Be you, I'll be me. I'm sitting at a table and there's a cat on it. Who, who else can say that right at this very moment? I'm sure a lot of you, because that's not a weird thing to have happen. Anyway, issues 275 through 277 were written by Roger Stern, pencils by John Buscema, inks by Tom Palmer, colors by Juliana Ferreter and Christy Scheel, letters by Jim Novak. Okay, so to sum up the first two issues of the storyline, before we get in to the last three issues... Baron Zemo and his new Masters of Evil, they have taken over the Avengers Mansion. They've taken Jarvis the Butler, the Black Knight, Dane Whitman, that same person, and Captain America or Steve Rogers. They've taken all three of them hostage, and the entire building has been surrounded by dark force. It's a substance that is controlled by Blackout, who's a rather comatose psychotic and he's being controlled by Moon Dragon, but really he's being controlled by Baron Zemo. The Wasp, along with everyone else, are outside and they can't get through the Dark Force. Hercules had gone inside and he was beating up a lot of these villains, 
but they ganged up on him. They beat him apparently to death, and he was then pushed out through the dark force by Blackout, and he was found on the sidewalk by Wasp, and he had no pulse. And that's how the first two issues ended. Walking through the city in my Superman pose I keep my stereo blast and let the area bask in Adam's has to keep reality whole You can call it a comeback or retro continuity Cause now that I'm rebooted ain't nothing you can do to me As long as fans keep listening I'm positioning Ready to battle villains in any local community So when you're feeling down and out in your day Just pump up the latest Adam War Rock tape Each beat bumps the thickest, each rhyme spit the sickest And ruckus is spinning records and scratching them with the quickness So back to business as demon knows terror reigns The villain thinks his victory is winning the game Cause in battles this is how the music doesn't pretend Cause the love hand is greater than the hate hand, my friend Up in the sky, set a bird or a plane Nah, it's at a floor rock, ain't a damn thing changed Holding the mic, all the people are saying Hey, look, he's up in Adam and he's at it again Up in the sky, set a bird or a plane Nah, it's at a floor rock, ain't a damn thing changed Holding the mic, all the people are saying Hey, look, he's up in Adam and he's at it again so we open up the next issue with a bit a, a bit of a recap, but then we get into the hospital. Hercules is in the hospital. The doctors are working on him. They're not really sure what to do because his skin is very tough. Wasp is waiting outside. She's feeling very... Well, she's, she's sad. Why wouldn't she be? And then Ant-Man shows up. But this isn't Hank Pym Ant-Man. This is Scott Lang Ant-Man. And he kind of gives her a shock because he's wearing... Hank's costume and it kind of freaks her out just a little bit. So she kind of fills him in on what's going on. We go back to the Avengers mansion and Baron Zemo is filming a, a spot for TV like any good terrorist would. And he's telling the world just how completely awesome he is. Uh, he's got Jarvis behind him tied up to a chair with a gag on and he's holding... Not not Jarvis, but Zemo. Zemo's leaning on Cap's shield. And Captain America, he's there on the floor, and he's also tied up, and he's telling Zemo, you know what? That's enough of this. Just let Jarvis and let the Black Knight go because they both they need medical attention because they were beaten on by the villains. It's like, you know, I'm the one you want. Just let them go. And Zemo's like, whatever, dude. Not going to happen. And to show you how serious I am, he slaps Jarvis across the face. We go from there. Um, Zemo is, is then talking to the absorbing man and Titania on a monitor. They were not involved in the taking of the mansion. We don't know where they're at. And they want to know, you know, come on, we're, we're ready. We're, we're at the airport. Um, they don't really explain why they're at the airport, but they, they want to get in on the action. They want to come to the mansion. And Zemo's like, no, I have another assignment for you. We go then to Captain Marvel, who has been trapped inside this dark force. She's, she's in her light form. She's trying to find a way out. She's freaking out because she's trapped. She, she sees a light in the distance. She flies towards it, and the light goes away. We go back to the hospital, and Scott Lang and the Wasp 
are waiting for some news and the doctor comes out and tells them that they're sorry, but Hercules has died. That he, they just, they couldn't save him. So Janet goes in to say goodbye. And as she's standing over Hercules to tell him goodbye, the heart monitor beeps just once. Beep. And she freaks out. She goes to get the doctors and they come back and they're checking on him and they don't know what's going on. They've never seen anything like it. There's a heartbeat. It's just incredibly slowed down. Perhaps one beat every 10 minutes. And she asks, can he be revived? And they don't know. They don't know, but they feel that there might be a chance. And that is when the Absorbing Man and Titania show up. They are there to kill the Hercules. The Hercules. He should be called the Hercules. They're there to kill Hercules and to finish him off. And really, the only heroes at this point that stand in their way, we're talking the Absorbing Man, who's gone up against Thor. We're talking Titania, who has gone toe-to-toe with She-Hulk. And the only heroes that stand in their way is the Wasp and Ant-Man, which kind of sums up the cover to this issue. Anyway, we go back to the Avengers Mansion, and Zemo is still lording it over Captain America. He's going through stuff that was in Cap's footlocker, and he finds this photo of Captain America and Bucky, and he rips it in half in front of Cap's eyes. And then Hyde, Mr. Hyde, brings him Cap's original shield, and, or no, he hands Hyde his... Hyde's there with him. Good Lord, I'm getting this all wrong. Hyde is there with him. He hands Hyde Captain America's original shield, which is not as strong as his current shield, and Hyde crumples it up into a ball before him. But you know what? It's just not enough. It's not enough torture for Cap. Cap doesn't really care, so they throw a gag on Cap, and then Hyde is left alone to just really hurt Jarvis. And we don't really see it. It's very creepy. It's a very creepy couple of panels. We see Hyde pick Jarvis up, still tied to the chair. Then we see Cap, who's sitting there on the floor, bound with a gag around his face, and Jarvis is screaming, no. And Cap has this look on it, just this look of horror in his eyes. And then we have... uh, a panel of just of Hyde looking down and he's got this psychotic look on his face and he's, he's doing something off panel. His hands are not in panel. He's doing something off panel and you hear a crack and you hear Jarvis screaming. It's just, man. Now, when I read this originally, I would have been a teenager, maybe 15, 16 years old. And I remember just hating Hyde at this point, Mr. Hyde, was someone I wanted freaking Hercules to get better, storm the Avengers mansion, and just break Hyde's freaking neck. I was so upset because Jarvis, not only is he a regular dude, he's an old dude. He's beating up a frail old man. He is a super strong, can smash through walls, super strong villain, and he is beating an old dude to death. And that that affected me in in ways that I just what, c- quite can't explain. It made me very angry. Now, as this is going on, Zemo goes to visit the fixer who is trying to figure out um, how to use... I guess he's, he's analyzing the Black Knight's 
sword, his ebony blade. Both the sword and the shield are in some kind of force field because Dane, he wakes up as the as Jarvis is is having his bones snapped. He wakes up and he can actually call the sword to him, kind of like Thor does with his hammer. But this is why the sword's not coming to him because it's in a force field. We go back to the hospital and the wasp and Ant-Man are trying to take on the Absorbing Man and Titania, and they're actually not doing a bad job of it. Um, the Absorbing Man, he was shot at by the cops, so he absorbed the bullets, so he's basically a walking bullet. He's made out of metal. And the wasp flies up to him and shoots her wasp stings right into his eyes, and that that actually hurts him, and he reverts back to human form, and as soon as he does that, Ant-Man goes from ant size right back up to regular size and punches the absorbing man in the chin, knocking him down. And then when Titania tries to jump on him, he shrinks back down again and she just sails over top of him and slams into the wall. The absorbing man, however, he's not done. He grabs an electrical panel and he turns into electricity. But then the Ant-Man sends all his ant legion against Titania. And so she's covered in ants and they can't hurt her but it's freaking her out. Psychologically, she cannot stand to have millions of ants all over her. So Absorbing Man gets rid of the electrical power. He grabs a bottle of water and he turns into water and he washes all the ants off of him. And as he's transforming back into his human side, because he's not going to stay as water all the time, he still looks a little shaky from you know going from a solid to a liquid back to a solid, it kind of disorients him. And so that's when um, Ant-Man and Wasp go back at him. She hits him with her Wasp stings. He has some kind of disruptor beam that comes out of his helmet. And so they kind of, they go at him. Wasp reaches out, or no, sorry, geez. Titania reaches out and she grabs the Wasp and Ant-Man hurls a gas canister at her and the gas cloud envelops her face. And... It's not just any old gas canister, it's Pym particles, and she shrinks down to the wasp size, and that is how the wasp ends up taking her out. Meanwhile, Absorbing Man, he's gotten over being blasted, he's still a little shaky, and he makes it into Her- the, the Hercules' room, and he's still in his human form, and he's about to get Hercules when the wasp is there. She can now... If she just shrinks down to like, you know, maybe a, a six inches smaller than she was, she can still fly and she still has her wasp stings. So she's like that and she jumps on his shoulders and she shoots her wasp blasts into his ears and he falls unconscious. And that is how the Ant-Man and the Wasp take out Titania and the Absorbing Man. Yeah. With an M on my face 
this in case you don't remember. For my people in Genosha and Madripoor, what I'm rapping for. This is what you're asking for, it's why I'm sent to rip apart every mic to like every kid's delight. For the desperate housewives and the comic book guys, look guys. And I rapped about so many things I can't even remember what I'm rapping about now. Remind me, rappers say they're making Sean Carter money. Man, they ain't even making John Carter money, ain't it funny? Made a living full-time online, Johnny, while your mom's like, Maybe you should try harder, honey, yeah. And I ain't living in that nerdy bubble. Man, I'm down in the trenches like a dirty shovel. This ain't a subtweet, man, if I said it, I meant it. And if you ain't on the same frequency, better listen, Kenneth. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Check this out. Rather very intelligent system in my field of vision Like whenever I'm on a mission Every mic I'm gripping, dropping a tune Every suit I'm rocking, no I'm rocking for you The charm is wrapped like when the heart reacts Or a chested mic that gets a heart attack This is technology pushed to the limit This is the future and we're living right in it The future and that ends issue number 276, or 275. We get into ep- uh, issue 276, and the cover says, Masters of Evil, beware. And we have some new Avengers on the cover. And by new Avengers, I mean one is actually, we got two. One is an old Avenger, front and center. It's Thor, and he's got his beard. And then there's some dude in the background who's bald and has a cape. We don't, we don't know who he is just yet. And so the issue opens. We're back in the hospital. Ant-Man and the Wasp are giving their statement to the police, and we get kind of a recap of what happened in the last episode. I keep doing that in the last issue. We go back to the mansion, and Hyde is still just wailing on poor Jarvis, and Jarvis is just screaming in pain, and the Black Knight is trying to get his sword to come to him, and it won't. We go outside the mansion. The army has now shown up, and they're trying to get in through the Dark Force, but they can't. The Wasp is there in a tent with them, and she's trying to call other Avengers, but she's not really getting through to anybody. She calls Thor, who doesn't answer the phone, who's now going under the name. He has an alias of Sigurd Jarlson. She gets his answering machine, so she leaves a message. We go back into the uh, the Dark Force with Captain Marvel, And she still can't get out, but she sees that light again. So she zooms toward it, and we find out that the light comes from the Shroud. He is a a, kind of a little-known superhero who also controls Dark Force. It comes out of, you know, from, from within him. And the light she sees is this Dark Force coming out of him, and she ends up getting out of the Dark Force, coming out of the Dark Force that's coming out of him, which kind of freaks him out, but... He, uh, you know, she explains to him what's going on. Okay, then we go to New York's Plaza Hotel. There's a dude named Anthony Druid watching the TV. He's kind of an older dude. He's got he's got a bald top, the bald. He's got a bald head. Top of his head's bald. And anyway, he's watching this news report about the Avengers Mansion, and he reaches out with his awesome mental powers, and an image forms in his mind's eye, and he sees. Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, trying to get the sword. And he he realizes he has to he has to help them. And so he goes into a room and he changes and he comes out and he's wearing like this red bodysuit with this big purple cloak. And he is a hero named Dr. Druid. Back to outside the Avengers Mansion. The Wasp and Ant-Man are there with the army. They're 
They know they have to do something. They wish they had some help. They don't know what to do. There's a flash of light, and Captain Marvel's there. Yay, Captain Marvel, she's arrived. She's going to help us. But not just Captain Marvel, Thor shows up as well. And that, you know, stuff's going to happen because Thor is now officially in the house, and Thor is one B.A. Back in the Avengers mansion, the villains are still just looting. They're breaking stuff. They're smashing stuff. They're looking for valuables. They're not finding and really, they're really not finding a lot. There's there's not really that many Avengers that that actually live in the Avengers mansion. We go to Zemo with the fixer and Yellow Jacket, and they're trying to steal information from the Avengers computer when all the power goes out. And they're, you know, they're not all that worried. Big deal. The power goes out. But Fixer, the Fixer is, you know, he's going to go fix it. He's the Fixer. And that's when Yellow Jacket realizes that the force field around the shield and the sword is gone. She shines the flashlight over to the table and the sword is gone. So now Dane Whitman, he's got the sword. Mr. Hyde, he can't see anything. It's dark. And he's like, all right, everybody, where you at? I'm going to start kicking everybody's butt. And Captain America and Black Knight in the dark beat him up. Not enough, not as, you know, they can't really, they can't really take out Hyde. Um, as they're fighting is when Captain Marvel shows up. She burns a hole. Apparently the dark force, I guess, didn't cover underneath the mansion. She burns a hole up through the bottom of the mansion. Wasp flies in after her. And then Hyde's like, you know what? Big deal, I can take both of you on. And Wasps, I'm going to do to you what I did the Absorbing Man. And she shoots him in the eyes, which just pisses him off. And he's ready to really just destroy everything. And that's when we find out Thor is there. And <laughs> Hyde just basically, he's running at the Wasp. Thor is standing in the way. He slams into Thor's chest with his head, and it knocks him out. That is just wonderful. Just knocks him out. And so... Then you see Captain America and he's holding Jarvis in his arms and the man just looks like he's almost dead. It's just such a sad panel. And they need to get him out of the mansion to get medical attention. Now, in the meantime, hidden up by some machinery in her small form is Yellow Jacket and she's watching them. She gets away and she tells Zemo that they're in the mansion. We go outside the mansion. Dr. Druid has shown up. He starts using his mind powers to investigate what's going on. He touches the dark force. He can sense that it's being controlled by Blackout. He speaks to Blackout in his mind, and Blackout lets him in. Ant-Man is also in the mansion, and he takes out the Fixer as the Fixer's trying to do his thing, which is fix stuff. He drags the Fixer in to where Cap and the others are, and they know they have to get Jarvis out. They have to get him medical attention, but the only way out of the building at this point is through all the villains. And so they send Captain Marvel out to reconnoiter. She gets the lay of the land. And so they just they just get out there, man. Cap and Thor, and they start taking on the villains. And Thor is, you know, he goes up against the wrecker and the wrecking crew. And the first thing he does is he uses his hammer to because as we talked about in episode 37, the Wrecker got all this power, the power of a god, basically, uh, this no from, from a, you know, basically he's an Asgardian god. And through a lightning strike, through his, through his crowbar, he shares his power with the other 
the members of the wrecking crew. And so he takes basically three-fourths of his power and he gives a quarter of it to each of the other three. And so now they're all together. They were as strong as the wrecker was by himself, but now each of them are a fourth of as powerful as he originally was. Well, Thor shows up and he uses his hammer to fix that. And he's basically all the power comes out of the other three guys and they go back into the wrecker. And then, but through that process, it knocks the wrecker out. So those guys are all out. But then Goliath shows up and he's really given Thor what for. Back outside, um, Dr. Druid goes up to the, to the roof to confront Blackout, but Captain Marvel is there first. And she, she sees Blackout with Moondragon and uh, not Moondragon. I keep calling her Moondragon. It's Moonstone. I really have to apologize for the state of this episode, but there's not a lot I can do about it. It just is the way it is. Anyway, she confronts Blackout and Moonstone. Moonstone's like, oh, no. And she kind of throws Blackout at Captain Marvel, and then she takes off. Captain Marvel knocks Blackout to the ground, goes goes after Moonstone. Moonstone thinking that if she gets, if you know, that she got a head start, not thinking that freaking Captain Marvel can fly at the speed of light. Moonstone tries to amp it up a bit, and she ends up flying straight into a stone wall and breaking her neck, but she doesn't die. Dr. Druid goes to talk to uh, Blackout to kind of help him, and that's when Baron Zemo shows up because that's where the, the, his, his escape is, a, is up on the roof. He's going to get to a Quinjet and get out of there. And he sees Dr. Druid and he shoots him with his needler gun and Dr. Druid falls down. And that's when Baron Zemo, who now has control of the Dark Force, tells – or he has control over Blackout. He tells Blackout to send away the mansion and everyone in it into the Dark Force – forever. And that's how episode er, it jeez. That is how issue number 276 ends. Her eyes were like swimming pools up in the summertime. I'd see her around the way, but I never say she would come away and say that she'd been noticing my style the whole time And I would stutter a little bit, she would shift away Maybe from her hair and give a smile She said her name was June I said my name was Adam She said she had some demons I said then let me at them Cause ain't nothing gonna keep me younger From the war front of the AC over the sunscreen She could be asleep, it could be a dream Didn't really matter cause she's smiling every time I'm laughing I said I love her for We then start out with ep- Wow, I keep doing it. We then start out with issue 277 and the cover says the final battle. And that's just what it is. We get this great rip-roaring battle. The Thor, the Thor. Good Lord. I should not be recording this episode now, people. I want you to know that I'm going to put this out the way it is. You are going to be listening to a man descending into madness. 
anyway, we see Thor battling Goliath. Goliath is, you know, he's in his giant size and he's holding Thor in his hand. Thor smacks him in the hand with his hammer, which for some reason I just find awesome. And so they're fighting. The Wrecker gets up and he's fighting Cap and Cap's like, whoa, the Wrecker's like super powerful now. And uh, so we have the fight with Thor and Goliath. We have the fight with with the Wrecker and Captain America. That is some pretty awesome stuff. The The mansion is just falling down around their ears. Dr. Druid wakes up on the, uh, well, we get kind of a recap for some reason. They recap basically what happened between Dr. Druid and Zemo and Blackout. We get like two pages to recap that. It was pretty weird. Then we go back to the main fight. And again, Man, these heroes are just destroying this mansion as they fight. And in the end, Cap manages to take out the Wrecker and Thor manages to take out Goliath. Um, Yellow Jacket, kind of seeing the writing on the wall, she surrenders. Zemo, in the meantime, is trying to force Blackout to you know, send the, send the mansion and everybody inside into the dark force. But Druid, Dr. Druid, he is, he's, he's talking to, to Blackout in his mind and he's trying to help him. He's like, look, you don't have to do this, man. You can, you know, Zemo's using you and finally Blackout fights back, but it causes him to pass out. Captain Marvel shows up as Dr. Druid is, is, is rising and she's like, Zemo, I'm going to take you out, buddy. And Zemo's like, whatever, I got a gun. And he shoots at her. And, of course, she turns into energy and it, you know, goes right through her. So he's like, whatever, I got two guns. So he takes his second gun and he's shooting at her with both fists. And, of course, it's not doing anything. And she reaches out with her energy hands, takes both of the guns, and they melt Zemo then picks up the shield and he's like, okay, well, now I got a shield, so you better back off. And that's when Cap shows up and he's like, okay, everybody, look, this is between me and Zemo. I need y'all to go. And he and Zemo duke it out up on top of this freaking roof for a good, let's see here. We got one, two, three, almost four pages in this fight. And it ends with Zemo accidentally falling off of the building and I don't think he dies. They don't really say. I mean, I'm sure they do. I, I, know I can't remember if he died or not. But let me look here real quick and see if he died. No, a news reporter says that it is believed Zemo was seriously, perhaps fatally injured in the battle to retake the mansion. We see Jarvis and the Black Knight being taken away by medics. And we go back into the mansion for probably one of the saddest scenes that I've ever read. Everybody gives Captain America crap for crying at the end of Civil War. Well, he cries at the end of this story as well. But he is kneeling on the floor among the remains of his footlocker. And he just looks despondent. And Captain America comes up to him and he says, I didn't think it would hurt, Monica. Zemo took pictures from my footlocker and tore them up before my eyes. And it didn't matter. Not then. The Avengers were in danger. Lives were at stake. For all I cared, Zemo might have been ripping up old train schedules. But now, and you see a picture of a woman that's been torn in half. This was the only photo I ever had of my mother. She didn't like having her picture taken. And now, 
gone, trashed like everything else. It's just so sad. And he says, look at me. Trav- Jarvis and the Black Knight were both severely beaten. Hercules is in a coma. They could have been killed. Blackout was killed. Zemo, we don't know what happened to Zemo yet. And I'm here crying over some old papers and photos. Captain Marvel tells him, those weren't just photos, Steve. Those were little pieces of your past. Don't feel guilty or ashamed. This has been a terrible loss for you. This was just, it's one of these endings that's like, yay, the Avengers won. And then you get, and this is, but then this is how it ends. And it's really, really quite sad. And it's one of the reasons why it it has become one of my favorite Avengers stories. And it's funny because I was talking to to somebody about this and he was telling me, he was trying to remember, thinking back to Avenger stories. And he said, I can't really think of my favorite Avenger stories. There's no real Avenger stories that sticks out. And there's, for me, there isn't either, with the exception of this. I mean, you've got um, crossover stories, you know, the, the events that the Avengers were part of. But as far as just straight up Avenger stories... This one to me just sticks out as the best. The only other one that really, I mean, there was stuff that happened before this that I wasn't, I wasn't reading, you know, the whole uh, Kree scroll war. I wasn't reading Avengers at the time. And I know that there are a crap ton of people out there that will stand up and say that is the single greatest Avengers story of all time. I wasn't reading at the time. So I've never read it, and I'm sure if I did, it would not affect me in the same way that this story affected me when I read it as a teenager. Newer readers would probably say stuff like the the Avengers Disassembled or House of M or, you know, even Civil War, stuff like that. But for me, Under Siege from 86, 87 is the single greatest Avengers story of all time. And I'd really be interested to find out what your single greatest Avenger stories of all time are. You can tell me by emailing your question and comments to stevenorels at gmail.com. And that just leads me right in to the ending of the show. So let's just do that and allow me, give me a chance to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Stephen or Else podcast. It does mean quite an awful lot. And I, I'm really sorry that I have to go on hiatus. I feel bad that I have to do it, but I don't have a choice. I can either just quit or I can go on hiatus and come back better and stronger. So as I said, you can email your questions and comments to stephenorels at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment to the episode on the site. That's stephenorels.com. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorels. And I also invite you to join me over at the Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash stephenorels. You can join my Patreon you can join my Patreon. I can't talk. You can join. I'm going to sing. You know, there was that country artist that stuttered, but he sang like a freaking angel. You can join my Patreon for a little as a dollar a month. Yeah, that came out really crappy too. So yeah, you can join my Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and be a supporter of the show. You also will have exclusive access to the My Other Podcast podcast, which goes out twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays and with rare exception is only available to my patrons. So go on out to patreon.com slash Stephen RR and make your pledge. The Stephen RR's podcast is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. 
www.trinitynationalchurch.com. The theme song for this episode is Worship by Trinity X. Find it and more information about the band at atomiczombierecords.bandcamp.com. The rest of the music from this episode comes from Adam Warrock. You can find him at adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. And of course, all of those links will be in the show notes. So until next week, I'm Stephen, and this has been my podcast. Be nice to each other. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.